Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store, too, on thefinside.threadless.com. It is the week before the NFL draft, and Paul and I are continuing to churn through these positional breakdowns. This is a very important one as the Dolphins approach the NFL draft, the offensive line. We're going to look at the tackles, the guards, the centers, a few names to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll wait till I bitch about Juwan Jameson for at least about 15 to 20 seconds. Um, so, Paul, the, the way I sit right now is I don't see the Dolphins drafting a quarterback. I don't see them drafting an outside rusher in the first round either. And the way I see it as where the value is going to be at these spots. In the first round, Juwan Taylor will probably go before the Dolphins at 13, the right tackle from Florida. But Jonah Williams from Alabama, Andre Dillard from Washington State, Cody Ford from Oklahoma – could potentially be day one starters for the Dolphins. And then in the second round, there are a handful of names that would provide great value too. So the Dolphins have kind of painted themselves into a corner by not idiotically re-signing Jawan James to the point where from left guard to right tackle, they don't have anybody that is a clear-cut starter except maybe Jesse Davis. Well, I mean – yeah, <laughs> it, it's, but the, the beauty of that is, and, and I know we've talked about that a lot leading up to this, this point, this draft is one of those aberrations where if you need edge rushers, if you need defensive tackles, if you need offensive linemen across the board, you can get two or three starters out of the first five rounds of this draft pretty easily if if you if you have half an IQ as a general manager. So realistically, I mean Miami could pull two or three starters in the first five rounds on the offensive line alone in this draft. And it's odd because a lot of the 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 linemen in this draft they have a true position, but they also are kind of plug and play at several positions each for a lot of them. And that that's also intriguing as well. Like one guy I'll use as an example, if Miami were to trade back in the first round and accumulate picks would be a Dalton Risner. Uh, I mean, he can come in, be your day one starter at right tackle. He can come in, be your day one starter at center. And you know what? He could probably slide in at guard too as well and be an absolute monster no matter which one he's at. I tend to prefer him at center and then right tackle. But again, it's pick your flavor, and it allows you to be flexible and chase some of these guys in the later rounds that have 
two positions that they do very well at and could be a day one starter. And, and, and to that point, and Paul, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry yeah, to cut good. you off on that, but it, but it's important that I do right now because is Dalton Risner, I would probably prefer right tackle and then center, but you've got that versatility there with a player like him. If you can get him in a trade down, it's not impossible. He falls late to the second round. I don't expect it to happen, but there are, there are a group of players that could possibly do that. We'll get to them in just a bit, but yeah, like for example, Jonah Williams is, he was the best left tackle in college football really over the last two years. And he also played right tackle as a freshman. And he's also being talked about as a center or guard because he is 6'4", 302 pounds, and a very intelligent kid. And Cody Ford is was Oklahoma's right tackle. Very strong, very sturdy prospect. But he also started seven games at left guard at Oklahoma, too. So there is versatility up and down the board in the first two rounds of this draft along the offensive line. Completely. And, and, and no worries. I cut me off there because it, it's, I think we're driving the same point home on this. It's you can build an offensive line and it's intriguing because, you know, you could take two guys that played right tackle in college and end up with, you know, your left guard and center, depending on, on, on who it is you go with and then take a true player. That's only a right tackle to be your right tackle uh, in, in the later rounds. So there's a lot of interesting things Miami can do here. And I think Chris Greer is going to actually have a lot of fun building his offensive line out of the draft here. Yeah. And at 13, there are a couple of players that are being discussed, actually really four of them. Number one is Juwan Taylor from Florida. I don't expect him to be at that spot. I'm a little confused as to why, for a couple of reasons. He really only had one great year at Florida, but it was a really great year. He faced a lot of pass rushers there at right tackle, but he's had some issues. I mean, again, one-year starter, or, or one year of really great play. He only plays one position, which is right tackle, and he had some weight problems. He ballooned up to 375 pounds at one point. Is that a player as strictly a right tackle that you want to spend a top seven pick on? I'm not quite sure about that, but he's really slated to be that number seven pick right now to the Jaguars. If not, he still should end up in the top 10 somewhere. Jonah Williams, again, one of the safest picks in this draft. I mean, I don't think he has incredible upside, but the odds of him failing at five offensive line positions, unless there's an injury problem are basically zero. And I hope the Dolphins have the opportunity to at least take a look at him there at 13. I'm not sure if he'll be the number one guy on my board, but he'll certainly be close. Uh, Andre Dillard is an interesting name because he was strictly a left tackle at Washington State and one of the best left tackles in college football and very polished player, 6'5", 315 pounds, long arms, and he doesn't dominate in one specific area, but a very good left tackle. And if he can switch over to right, that right tackle spot, and the Dolphins are convinced that he can because they did spend uh, an entire day with him, they brought him in as one of their 30 visits, that he could be a consideration to at that spot. Cody Ford, I like as well. I mean, it would take him all day at 13 if he was the best player on the board. Has some versatility, has a lot of meanness, has a big-time punch, and Oklahoma – 
has put out several very good offensive linemen over the last couple of over the last couple of years. For example, Orlando Brown last year, right tackle, 93rd overall pick in the draft, started a lot of games for the Ravens, did not allow a sack. So there's something down there in Oklahoma where they're they're really developing very good NFL ready players. But and when you get down into the second round, there are a handful of players, really five of them, that I don't expect to be there. But if you take all five of them, I think one of them could possibly fall. Garrett Bradbury, I don't see him making it out of the first round, but he is a pure center. Not the biggest guy either, but very, very technically sound. You've also got Dalton Risner, like you talked about. Chris Lindstrom, pure right guard that I know you like too, Paul. Greg Little from Mississippi was a top 10 pick before the year. Actually protected Kyler Murray's blind side back in high school. Uh, could make that transition to right tackle too. And Eric McCoy, the center from Texas A&M, who has dominated the pre-draft process. And Elgin Jenkins, who looks a lot like James Daniels, who was an early second-round pick of the Bears last year. So overall, when you look at the value, I see a good player fall into 13 and a good player falling to the 48th pick in the draft if the Dolphins want to remake the entire offensive line. Yeah, and Chris Lindstrom is one that I, I know you touched on real quick there, but I, I've I've really, really had on my radar throughout this entire process. He and Andy Isabella are both two guys, which I know I mentioned Andy in our wide receivers episode, that if either of them are on the board still in Miami picks in the second round, I, I would struggle to not be the guy that wanted to run up to the podium with the card. I mean, it's Lindstrom's a guy that I see all the upside that Josh Sitton had and none of the downside. And I know that sounds like an odd compliment, especially amongst Dolphins fans who got to see, you know, Josh Sitton for about a cup of coffee. I mean, if you went, went and had a beer, you, you probably missed him, but it's, we all know what the promise was of, of Sitton and, and Lindstrom can deliver on that. And he doesn't have any of the concerns and health issues that, that we all knew about with Sitton coming in. And really, he can be your 10 to 15 year starter at that right guard position and hold it on lockdown and, and do an above admirable job for you and possibly even go to a couple of pro bowls. What I like about Lindstrom is that the things that he has to improve on are strength related and you can get him into the weight room and add some muscle onto him for that. And the other thing that's docked against him is he's really purely a right guard, but that's fine because the Dolphins need a right guard <laughs> and somebody who just lines up and does their job. So it wouldn't surprise me if Lindstrom ended up falling to 48, because if you look at previous drafts, I mean, just going back the last couple of years, I mean, I know we talked about like Dan Feeney from Indiana a couple of years ago, as well as Pat Elfline from Ohio state. These guys ended up falling past that 48 spot because they were strictly interior linemen there and had something to work on like strength. I think Lindstrom is a much better player than both of them. I, so a couple of other guys that do stick out. I mean, when you look at the depth in this draft, even into the third and fourth round, it's very good. I mean, Yadni Kajus looks like a poor man's Tyron Smith. I mean, the question is whether or not he can play right tackle or guard because he did play left tackle there at West Virginia, but moves very, very well. 
The question is whether or not he can bend very well. Chuma Dogua from USC has moved up throughout this process. If this guy were two inches taller and 10 pounds heavier, I think he would be a top 15 player in this draft. But he is 6'3", 308 pounds, but he does carry some long arms too. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him in consideration in the second or third round. Uh, Drew Samia from Oklahoma, not the best athlete, but could be that third or fourth round day one right guard. Um, Michael Dieter, very versatile player out of Wisconsin, has some underrated strength, has played four offensive line positions. At the very worst, you get a very good swing man. And the aptly named Michael Jordan, who kind of looks a little bit like Mike Pouncey when he came out of Florida, just not nearly as polished. So there are a lot of names to run through here, Paul, but it looks like that if the Dolphins are going to rebuild the offensive line in preparation for drafting a 2020 quarterback, this could be it. Yeah, and it's it's. I just I, I I don't know if our listeners could hear me laugh there for a second when you said the aptly named Michael Jordan because I suddenly pictured, for anybody that listened to our wide receivers episode, Miami ending up with Lil Jordan Humphreys and Michael Jordan um, in the same draft, and it just it it tickled me a little bit. But one one guy I want to talk about as well is a guy that Miami could grab in the fourth or fifth round, and it's odd to me because this guy battled a few injuries um, early in his college career, missed most of his sophomore year. um, And really, even though he was knocking the rust off the beginning of his junior year, declared early, William Sweet of the Tar Heels is a guy that I really keep coming back to and liking a lot. He is a guy that you can take in the fourth or fifth round put him out there from day one and be your starter. And he has tremendous upside and that's tremendous upside from a guy that was the number one run blocker, according to pro football focus in the ACC. He only allowed one sack despite the fact that he was, you know, knocking the rust off early in the year after not playing a whole hell of a lot of college ball. And that's one sack and over, you know, I think he had what 400, 450 snaps last year. So really it's, I, I watch his tape, and despite the fact that I feel like he's a little bit raw, I feel like he could bend his knees a little bit more. He's a guy with tremendous upside that if you throw him at right tackle, despite the fact that you lost Juwan James, you may actually improve your bookends at at the tackle position with a fourth or fifth round pick and be able to build the interior of your line before you do so. Yeah, and a guy I've mentioned too is uh, Ben Powers from Oklahoma. I mean, this is a guy that – lined up and did his job every day. He doesn't stand out at one particular area, but I don't need a guard to wow me. I just need him to block the freaking guy in front of him. And the Dolphins have seen, seem to have that ass backwards for so long. They valued versatility, valued upside, like with, with players like Billy Turner, who's actually turned into a pretty good player now that he's left Miami. But, you know, I just, I just want somebody who grades out well at their position, who does their job. Uh, speaking of some other guys, too, Mitch Hyatt from Clemson. I mean, this is somebody who's projected to go in the fifth or sixth round. Reminds me of a better version of Sam Young. Very battle-tested, can play left tackle, can play right tackle, can play all over the line. Has uh, has done his job and has done it, done it very well at Clemson. You could argue that he's been the second-best left tackle 
in college football behind Jonah Williams, but may not quite have the strength, but again, get him in the weight room, maybe have a little something there. Nate Davis from Charlotte kind of has that same trend as Billy Turner at that right tackle spot from years ago where he's got the physical tools. There just has to be some patience. When he went to the senior bowl and played guard, he possessed a lot of nasty, a lot of nastiness, a lot of strength. So it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up going in the third or fourth round to somebody. Max Sharping from Northern Illinois follows that same trend. He was a left tackle for Northern Illinois, but I could see him slipping into left guard. He's 6'7", 320. I don't think he quite has the feet to play left tackle, but, again, he has that raw upside to develop. Pat Flaherty has the ability to develop some players in this group if the Dolphins make that dedication to drafting a few of these linemen. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny that the two of us are sitting here saying we just want a lineman that, or, that does his job and we don't need a guard to be flashy. We don't need a guard to do special things. And any of our, our longtime listeners at this point know that we've spent numerous hours at this point over the past few years wistfully talking about the days of Jamie Nails and that one glorious season. And, and I know we're not alone in it. I know we've, we've gotten some, some feedback from Ricky Williams about how, how much of a credit the, the play of Jamie Nails was. But, yeah, it's, it's, I'd settle for dude does their job at this point. After watching so many guards, and that includes Mike Pouncey's little stint at guard, get blown into the backfield, ole, 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 with, with defensive linemen that had no business getting to the quarterback um, over the past few years. We just want somebody in there to do their damn job. And so, yeah, it's a little humorous to me to think about that fact as we look at this, oh, this 2019 I'm just, draft. I'm just thinking now of 2002 Jamie Nails, how he teased us for one year. and <laughs> then got hurt. ankle injury. Yeah, and then got fat and never played again. Uh, <laughs> man, oh man, oh man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned with Jamie Nails in 2002, uh, Ricky Williams wasn't even good that year. Jamie Nails was just creating such giant holes that it created that 2,000-yard season. Of course, I'm joking on that, but good Lord. I mean, he, how fantastic he was. We. Oh. Rick, Rick, Ricky's tributed half his yards that season to him and basically said he would have rushed for possibly, you know, 2,500 to 3,000 yards the following year if Jamie had stayed healthy. Well, he's underestimating that with how, yeah. with how, good, that, with how good that he is. And, and anybody listening, go out and watch, watch Ricky Williams' highlights from 2002 and just watch for big number 66 outrunning Ricky yeah. down the field and leveling three four guys on a play it's so when i say i don't want flashy if if i got even half of that flashiness out of our guard i would just be beside myself i'd be i'd be buying a jersey and making sure cat didn't yeah we need to stop uh with with jamie nails oh my gosh getting getting carried away here and by the way i i did break the the jersey streak this year the two guys i bought and i'm i've been waiting till now to say it or Laramie Tunzel and Minka Fitzpatrick. So the jersey streak is over, at least right now. Don't you still have that Tannehill jersey? Don't you have a Cam Wake jersey? Uh, no, no, I have a oh, – oh, God. I have a Jonathan Martin jersey, Deion Jordan, Ryan Tannehill, 
Carlos Dansby. I was actually cleaning out my jerseys the other day. I'm like, this is so bad that I can't even. I I, I have to prove this to people at some point. How bad it all started was with when you blew out Marino's Achilles with that Marino jersey. I mean, we got to take it back further because that's that's where it truly started. Was you getting that Marino jersey and blowing his Achilles out in the middle and between plays? I also bought a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar jersey uh, back in '96 after he ran for a thousand yards. I mean, it, it. Yeah, I I haven't redeemed myself, but this is good progress this past year with Laramie Tunzel and with Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Paul, we've gone way off the rails here. Uh, so a couple other players, Nate Herbig from Stanford. I, I know this is a player that you had in our mock draft in the third round, and I looked at him and I thought. Yeah, even though he's not the best athlete, again, somebody who just does his job and gets in the way. And, you know, if if, if you're just asking a guy, line up at right guard, pass, protect, get in the way, and create some holes, I think he could possibly do the job. And I think the Dolphins could maybe even have him a little bit later than the third round, maybe in that fifth to seventh round area. Yeah, I mean, he he's a guy, like, like you said, he just – he gets it done. It's not pretty. Um, there's, there's, there's no point watching his tape. You're like, God, I'm so glad he's on this team. But then he, he somehow manages to get his fat ass in and open a few holes. And again, that's, you know, we'll worry about the Jamie nails of the world later. Let's get somebody in that can do the job and then try to find somebody special after the fact. You bet. And a few players that I would like to stay away from a little bit um, in that second, third, fourth round area, simply because I don't think the value justifies it. Caleb McGarry from Washington, I know a lot of people are high on him, and I think he's a better fit as a right guard. But I watched him play three games, and in the first quarter of these three games, I saw him whiffer on two or three pass blocks, and that was enough for me. I made the note on Caleb McGarry from Washington, David Edwards from Wisconsin, and Bobby Evans from Oklahoma, that they slip off blocks too often. And that's enough for me. And, yeah, they they don't have enough positional versatility or upside to justify that either. So those are some players I'd stay away from unless they're there at the right spot. So, Paul, we also – this. Past uh, or this past week, a few days ago, we had a mock draft contest that we that our listeners should look forward to here in the upcoming weeks. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we actually I know <clears throat> I know in past years we've done it where we get a lot of our correspondence on and for for the various teams, but we took a little different tack this year just for the fun of it, and, and it really really went well and turned out. Looks like it's going to be be something fun for our listeners to look forward to. I know a lot of folks that listen to us are familiar with Travis Wingfield from Locked On Dolphins, uh, as well as Antoine Staley, who did a lot for the USA Today Dolphins Wire, and Rob Prophet, who's definitely been a huge regular contributor for us and, and several other shows out there. And we really sat down and well, we're, we're going to have a good old mock draft for, for round one, and you should look for that coming up before the NFL draft next week. Wow. I can't believe we're at this point already. It just snuck right up on us. Yeah, well, you're 
selling and buying a house. So that that makes a lot of sense. So. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The and I said the upcoming weeks. Uh, obviously, the upcoming days. So we're going to have that out before the NFL draft, and that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins' offensive line. Paul and I have run the gauntlet here as far as getting as many players in front of your face as possible and what we've seen on film and the stats we've seen and what we've read there, too. So you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. Be sure to leave us some feedback, too, on our Twitter and on our YouTube. We really appreciate everybody reaching out to us, and we're getting better and better at responding to those comments. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So, D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fin Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details